Well, holy shit, I was wrong about Russell Wilson this year. About 30 fantasy points last night, leading the Seahawks to victory. He looks great. Um, Cooper Cup looking unstoppable. Just a crazy amount of fantasy uh, stuff going on last night in the Thursday night game. I'm Andrew Sheriff, Scott Smith with me. Um, Scott, you going to defend your boy, Jared Goff? Look, Goff and, and what he's doing, there's, there's some, some drops being made. There's some things going on. But look, I, I'm going to go ahead and defend Goff. And I, I think a lot of what you're seeing in the problems and issues with golf are, are coming from that offensive line and the pressure that he's getting. So that's where I'm going to do. But look, Jared Goff can play like dog shit the entire year as long as he keeps giving Cooper Cup 17 targets in a week. I will take that any day, any matchup. Give me Cooper Cup and all the targets. I'm happy. Hey, Cooper Cup looks awesome, awesome, awesome. Brandon Cooks looks terrible, terrible, terrible. And I think he might be... He might be out for an extended period of time, and the guy keeps getting concussed, so not a great night for him. Let's jump right into it. Um, Thursday night football, Seahawks beat the Rams 30-29, to one-and-a-half-point spread, so it screwed everybody. Um, let's start with the Rams. Let's just get it out of the way. So you're talking about Jared Goff. Fantasy reduction has not been there. You had him the highest out of all of us going into the year, top 10 quarterback. I mean, you know, it's it's crazy because we're, we're not seeing Gurley – get the volume and really produce like he has in the past. And yet at the same time, Cup isn't really doing anything either from a fantasy perspective. So, I mean, this it, it's, I mean, no matter how much you defend golf, there's no way outside of Cooper Cup to say that that entire Rams fantasy production has been just underwhelming to say the least. Well, it has, and I think a lot of it goes down to the continuity that you're seeing um, with the offensive line. You, you had Roger Saffold leave and replace him with no bloom, and, and look, it's evident. They're getting a lot more pressure up the middle you know, this year, and, and golf traditionally has not dealt well with pressure. And so I guess that's kind of the book that the other coaches probably have on him is to go ahead and pressure him and see what you can what you can do against him. And that's going to going to cause him problems. You saw him miss a, another touchdown that, that he could have had to to Cooper Cup late in the game because he, he couldn't set and throw because he had the pressure up the middle. So with that being said, and with with the Rams offense, as bad as it is that he's playing and as much as people are complaining He's still putting up viable fantasy points to get you through weeks. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's not giving you what we thought he was. I mean, sure, he's putting up that 17. It's really like, kind of like 16 to 20 points per game. I don't have the exact average in front of me, but I mean, it's not what, what a lot of people expected. Um, but I mean, look, someone keeping him afloat is Cooper Cup. Uh, Cooper Cup is on a tear right now. Um, I, you know, full disclosure, I, I know I had Brandon Cooks ahead of him. You know, I was expecting a big year from Cooks because I really thought Goff was going to open up the offense, but boy, I was wrong. Um, Cooper Cup is really just, I think he kind of killed the naysayers. I mean, really no issues with his knee. Um, he looks awesome. He looks athletic. He looks just great. I mean, so Cooper Cup, wide receiver one. Look, right now, um, Cooper Cup. Look, I have to say, I, I was, I was a little bit pessimistic about an eight-month turnaround on ACL, but with the the way, just things are are changing with ACL injuries and and, and Cooper Cup in particular, I, I'm happy that I still have a, a lot of Cooper Cup rostered on my team. So, 
I, I think at this point, and you, you talk about the flip side with Seattle, and you talk about two guys, Russell Wilson and Cooper Cup, to, right now to this point in the season, they're, they're looking like league winners, especially for where their ADP was come draft time. Yeah, we, we can flip right over to Seattle just because you mentioned it. I was not high on Russell Wilson. I mean, we, we saw their commitment to the run game last year, and look, I mean, Maybe they kind of uh, they kind of switched it up. It's 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 been incredible to watch Russ work. Um, you know, this year I know last night about thirty fantasy points. You know, the week before he struggled, you know, fourteen fantasy points. But the week before that, forty one, then twenty four. The week before that, so he's really he's putting up uh, quarterback one numbers. Um, do you think? I mean, where do you think this is coming from, Scott? Do you think? I mean, I'm I'm thinking it's just it's it's a super. He's on a super efficient tear right now. Um, and he's just completing passes at a high rate. Um, do you think this is something that's going to be sustained? Like, do you think they're going to kind of stay committed to the pass? Because, I mean, look, if DK Metcalf is is that is is as proven as he looks like he can be. I mean, Russ might be a consistent top ten quarterback because he really has two receivers he can lean on. Well, he absolutely does, and then you add Will Disley into to the mix and, and what he's done. Uh, you know, I think he's had more games of fifty of more than fifty yards than what Jimmy Graham did the entire time that he was there with with Seattle. So you can kind of add that in and factor that in as well. They're actually drawing up plays to to specifically get Will Disley into the game plan, and he's looking great doing it. So that's something else that's upside. But look, we talked during the preseason, during the off season, that you should expect some touchdown regression from Russell Wilson based upon the passing volume that they had last year and how run heavy we expected this team to be. And, and Russ has always been a, a quarterback that I felt like was was criminally underused by Pete Carroll and that offense. And, and uh, you just think if you put Russell Wilson in, say, the, the Saints offense under Sean Payton, and would Russell Wilson be putting up better numbers than what Drew Brees has, you know, considering that he also has the rushing value as well? Well, it's, it's an argument to be had. And seeing how well Russell Wilson is playing with a, a limited offensive scheme when it comes to passing volume and passing attempts and, and just weapons that he has around him, it, it's something great to see. And, uh, you know, it, he's fun to watch week in and week out. And, and look, if we're going to keep doubting him, it, there just comes a point where you have to look at the numbers. And if he's going to continue to be this efficient, you just have to keep playing him. You mentioned Will Disley, so let's stay right there. 17 and a half fantasy points over the last four weeks. Um, and that's that's per game. So that's not total. So, I mean, look, it looks like a lot of people picked him up for the Arizona matchup. And I think you're lucky if you did because I didn't drop him in any leagues. I'm staying with him. Scott, is Will Disley looking like a top 10 tight end for the rest of the year? Yeah, I mean, thus far at this point, who else is going to take target volume away? I think his uh, his place within that offense, because of both the way he blocks and how he's emerged as, as a, a, a true passing threat in that offense, I, I think you just look at it and you've got a rookie on one side and you, you, you know, you've you got Tyler Lockett on the other side. And there, there's not much in the way of, of competition for targets outside of those two guys. Um, last question for you, Scott, is do you think DK Metcalf is going to be a consistent fantasy option for uh, for people? I wouldn't say 
inconsistent. Uh, I, I think he's going to be hit and miss. He's going to be very touchdown dependent. I, I think what you see out of DK Metcalf is he takes advantage of when Russell Wilson goes off script and, and gets outside of the pocket and scrambles. DK is a tremendous athlete as far as like straight line speed and, and power and strength. And I think that's what you're going to see. I, I think you'll see game to game. You know, when, when Russell gets outside, you're going to see DK continue to run in a straight line and, and get a lot of those deep plays. But as far as consistency, uh, I don't think that, that the connection is going to stay there week in and week out enough to be dependent on a weekly basis to put him in lineups confidently. Let's um, let's go to news. Um, we'll start right here. Jarvis Landry uh, cleared concussion protocol. So, you know, we're expecting him to practice today and probably be a full go Monday night versus the Bram, uh, versus the Browns, excuse me, or versus the 49ers. I'm, I'm having a good morning so far. Devontae Adams, turf toe. So we saw that last Thursday night. Um, all reports are that it's not considered to be long term, but at the same time, he has not practiced yet. So I, th- I think the latest report is that he is not likely to go on Sunday versus the Cowboys, but... He probably will be back that next week. So, quickly, Scott, um, it's a good defense out there, but are you looking to start MVS and maybe Geronimo Allison in deeper leagues? Yeah, and you can even uh, add Jimmy Graham into the mix. I think that's who that offense is going to have to to be funneled through. Dallas is about middle of the pack against uh, the the pass, uh, ranking 14th on Football Outsiders, DVOA pass ranking. So I think uh, you just have to to pick one. I, I know MVS and, and Geronimo Allison have kind of alternated weeks through the throughout the first four matchups as to to who's been the top guy, but I, I think they both become flex flex plays this week if uh Devonte adams can't go sam darnold is out with mono this sunday so we're gonna still be on team sit every jet unless it's living on bell i think they have a bye week next week so that'll kind of probably bridge the gap to chris herndon time i cannot wait for that um Deshaun jackson out on sunday versus the jets um he gave us a goose egg last week are we are we looking at nelson aguilar no, I don't think uh, I'll have Nelson Aguilar within a, a startable range this week, even against the Jets. Um, specifically, when you start looking at the Jets' defense, they, they really struggle against uh, opposing teams, wide receiver one. So I think it's going to be an Alshon Jeffrey week. Um, Tyrell Williams out in Oakland. Well, out in London, I guess, right now. He's not practicing. He's still listed, listed as questionable. Um I mean, I'm not really too interested in Tyrell this week regardless, but, I mean, what are you doing with uh, Tyrell Williams, Scott? Look, if if you're dealing with an injury, I mean, it's one thing to go up against Chicago's defense whenever you're fully healthy and, and to, to not practice and not really get in reps as far as game planning and things like that. It's, it's a safe uh, assumption that you can go ahead and uh, probably bench him this week if you have a better option. All right, now to the... <laughs> See, it, I don't know how to really grade it, and as a as a Damian Williams and Daryl Williams owner, I'm like I don't know what I'm doing here. Um, Kansas City backfield. So Damian Williams practicing in full, Lashawn McCoy practicing in full. So we're expecting both of them to go, and then Daryl Williams. I mean, Scott. I mean, I, I know. We, I guess a lot of people don't think Daryl Williams could be a future back for the 
for the uh, Chiefs in the NFL. I mean, we've seen Spencer Ware and guys like that really, you know, be good in that system. And Daryl has looked good the last two weeks. He's give, he's given really good fantasy value. So now that Damien and LaShawn are going to be in full, do you think it's just going to be go back to being the Damien and LaShawn show and Daryl just kind of gets pushed to kind of, I guess, an, an unstartable territory when it comes to fantasy? Yeah, I think it's really a struggle to to go ahead and try to to bet on a, a guy who's the the third wheel and a, 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 I guess, you know, running back by committee with three guys. Um, I I definitely take a wait and see approach. Um, I, I don't think you can really rule him out there with any confidence. Look, last two weeks in PPR, he's been the the running back fourteen week three and the the running back eleven last week. So I mean, I think you have you know, some, some value there. And, and you have an argument that, you know, he's, he's a good fit in this offense, but until you see them commit to him over Damian Williams, I don't think you could run him out there and start him. Um, Kyle Shanahan really quickly here, last bit of news saying that Tevin Coleman's not a lock to play versus the Browns. Um, I know they're coming off of bye week. So, you know, I, I guess it's easy to forget that Raheem Mostert, we were starting him two weeks ago. Um, Scott, I guess if Tevin Coleman does not go, is Raheem Mostert kind of a deeper league flex or running back? Yeah, he'll be in a flex uh, argument, I guess. I mean, you, you start looking at it in Cleveland as a matchup. Football outsiders, they, they rank 19th against the run. So I think Mostert's definitely a, a guy that you can you can argue is going to get some run in there. It's, it's really a little bit of a mess because it, it seems like San Francisco's backfield has – a significant like they 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 have roles for each one of those backs you've got jeff wilson who's getting all, all the goal line carries and then things are kind of rotating between uh you know breda and monster with uh tevin coleman out so it, it's kind of a mess to to go ahead and predict i think all their upsides and ceilings are, are kind of limited but uh, i think there's an argument to be had to to get mustered in in a deeper league as a flex all right, um, that will do it for our news. Let's jump right into week five. Um, we'll start off with the first game of the week. Um, going to be probably an interesting game. I'm actually kind of excited to see how it plays out. Um, Jaguars at the Panthers. So Panthers kind of surprising everybody with that win over in Houston last week. Jaguars going to Denver with a win. So, I mean, Minshew Mania, it's real. So let's start on that side of the football. Jacksonville Jaguars. Um Let's start with the run game. So I, I know we're really not starting Gardner um, outside of deep, deep leagues. Um, Leonard Fournette, is he top 12 this week? He, he put up some uh, some crazy numbers last week in Denver. Look, I, I think it's a positive matchup for uh, Leonard Fournette. If you start looking at, at Carolina, they, they've given up about 3.2 more fantasy points to running backs than, than league average. So it, it is a bit of a positive matchup for Leonard Fournette, but he's still getting the uh, the, the passing targets and whatnot within the, the running back situation. So I think uh, you can go ahead and start him with confidence. I, th- I think he'll be a fringe running back one this week. Wide receivers. Um, man, D.D. Westbrook, He's just I feel like he's kind of in limbo right now for uh, fantasy owners. 
Yeah, you know, he is. And this isn't a matchup that I'm very confident against. Um, Carolina has been great both against wide receivers and against uh, quarterbacks so far on the year. So um, I think when you you start looking at at some of this, um, you know, they they rank 31st against quarterbacks as far as fantasy points. And they they rank 31st against running back. I mean, wide receivers as far as fantasy points. So I I think D.D. Westbrook is going to be a clear sit for me this week. DJ Chark. Do you think he keeps it rolling versus Carolina? Um, I'm still going to have DJ Chark outside of my, my top 36 wide receivers as well um, this week. It's just a, a matchup that I think is going to be a little bit tough. Um, I, I think when you, when you really start breaking it down, I'll have DJ Chark right there at wide receiver 37. So I, I think if you're, you're a desperate flex option, I think DJ Chark's there. But I, I would temper my expectations. Let's shift on over to the Panthers. Um, DJ Moore, um, it's he's been he's been interesting. Uh, if you, him and Calvin Ridley kind of took that little steep decline at the same time. Um, <laughs> so, Kirsten McCaffrey, obviously, uh, Kyle Allen, no. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. Uh, you know, dissecting these two guys, Scott. I mean, you know, how do you kind of look at them? Are you still ranking DJ Moore ahead of Samuel? Or is Moore a, a, a start every week? You know, what do you think about DJ Moore, especially this matchup? Because this seems like it'll be a tougher matchup. So it's looking like he's about to have three straight weeks of subpar production. You know, for me, DJ Moore is still the guy that I'm more confident in there in that, that Panthers uh, wide receiving core. I, I think it's a little bit of a tough matchup to to go ahead and, and really break down because you, you have to kind of take Jalen Ramsey into consideration. And when you look at the overall numbers here for, for Jacksonville, Jacksonville has given up uh, about seven fantasy points per game over average to, to wide receiver ones uh, for opposing teams. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt because you, you did see Jalen Jalen Ramsey miss game last week. But but I'm still comfortable enough with uh, DJ Moore. I have him ranked as my wide receiver 25 this week. And, and Curtis Samuel's not too far behind in this matchup, ranked at wide receiver 29. So those are where I have both of those guys ranked. I'm comfortable starting either this week. DJ Moore... Seven targets the last two games combined. He had 14 targets in Cam's last game against Tampa Bay alone. Had 10 targets week one. So I, I think it's obvious. I think people are... Um, you're seeing a lot of people say that it's not true, that Kyle Allen's still looking for DJ Moore. I think that's impossible to say. I think it's just... It's not looking good for Kyle, uh, for uh, DJ Moore right now. He's just not getting the targets. And I just... I don't know. We'll, we'll see if that improves... Uh, Greg Olson, uh, you know, I guess, you know, he's a tight end, so he's startable top 12. Yeah. I mean, Greg Olson and, and what he's done as far as like his consistency week to week so far this season, uh, he looks like he's found a fountain of youth and it's five years ago. So, uh, I think Greg Olson's still a, a tight end one on the week. Patriots Redskins next game. Sorry to talk about it. Scott, we'll start with you in the Redskins side is Chris Thompson and Terry McLaurin. The only two starts for the Redskins. Look, and I, I don't even know if you can you can comfortably say that. I, I think uh, you know for both of them, especially when you look at the Patriots, they're number two against the run and number one against the pass on a year. So, um, for me, I, I still 
I'm not confident in Terry McLaurin this week. Uh, they kept him out for precautionary re- reasons last week with the uh, the hamstring. He's going to be healthy. He's going to play this this week. I, I think they may force feed him targets, but you don't even know who the quarterback's going to be at this point. Um, my my bet and my bet, best guess is that it's going to end up being Colt McCoy. Um, he's kind of healthy again, so I, I think they might move forward with Colt McCoy. Thus far, but but look, I, I expect the the Redskins just to get steamrolled. So, you know, can can they really force targets into to Chris Thompson and uh, and, and and Terry McLaurin uh, possibly? But but both of them are, are fringe flex plays for me. I have Chris Thompson ranked as my wide receiver, excuse me, my running back thirty three, and I have I have Terry McLaurin even further down. So. Uh, I think it's going to be tough sledding for for both of those guys. Tank McLaurin is going to be my wide receiver 39. Um, Patriots side of things, um, you're starting Julian Edelman. Um, Let's talk, and you're starting James White. Let's talk about Tom Brady for a second. Um, I know you liked Tom Brady last week, or you were okay with him. I really was not excited for it. And actually, I didn't expect it to be that bad. That that was actually one of Tom Brady's worst games of his career, which is really saying something. It's been a long career for him. Um, are you comfortable starting Brady again this week? I, I think we both had him outside the top 12 heading into the year, so it's not like we, we really prepped him to be this guy who's going to start every week. But are you, are you looking at Tom Brady this week? Look, against the Redskins, absolutely. There's no question about it. Tom Brady's going to be my, my fifth-ranked quarterback on the week. Um, I think when you just you look at the Redskins, they're 29th against the pass on a year. Um, and you just talk about it and, and – just they're they're giving up huge numbers to especially wide receiver twos giving up uh, over seven points per game more than than league average. So I think that bodes well for a, a deep connection there with uh, Josh Gordon possibly this week. And uh, and look, I, I just I, I don't have much confidence in what's going on there in Washington. So you can almost lump them into the same category as the Miami Dolphins right now. So if you have players playing against them, you go ahead and start them. I want to talk about Philip Dorsett for a second, Scott, because. I really feel like this is going to be a Philip Dorsett week. Uh, I, I don't know. I just had this feeling. I think, you know, routes run last week, and I, I was just surprised with how much his usage was last week. So could this be a Philip Dorsett week, and do you think Philip Dorsett has some some flex appeal moving forward? Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, especially when you look at the Redskins, uh, wide receiver threes are averaging 4.8 more points per game against the Redskins. So Philip Dorsett is, is going to fall into that category right there. The interesting thing is I, I just think they're going to the Patriots are going to end up being able to create a matchup problem. And right now, when you look at Josh Norman, he has trouble with a guy who has the speed like what you see out of Philip Dorsett. So I, I can definitely see scenarios with the play action and, and whatnot and, and seeing Philip Dorsett possibly get deep for one. So let's go over to our next. Actually, you know what? No, really, I just want to touch on him. Sony Michelle. Uh, I feel like he's a sit this week until further notice. I'm just, it's, he's been a bust so far. I, I know you liked him a lot. I liked him a lot. I kind of thought they would lean towards the run more this year and they're doing opposite of what we thought they would because they're the Patriots and we have no clue what they're ever going to do. So Sony Michelle, I mean, what are your feelings on Sony Michelle? I feel like if there's a get right game, it's this one, but still, I mean, it's 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 almost it, it's kind of hard to trust them when there, when there's guys like Matt Breda who you drafted late who could you could plug in to start. Yeah, it, it's kind of a neutral matchup as far as uh, fantasy points go for for running backs against Washington, but it's like you said, it's 
it's really going to be a gut feel on, on what you do with Sony Michelle. I personally, I'm going to play them just because I think the way the game flow is going to go, it, it's going to lean in, in Sony Michelle's favor, and I, I think he's going to bode well. I expect him to get into the end zone this week against uh, against the the Redskins. But look, if you're hesitant towards starting Sony Michelle, I can definitely understand why. From a, a number standpoint, it, it, there's not a lot of reason to to go ahead and, and start Sony Michelle until you see otherwise. So for me, this is strictly going to be a gut play this week. Let's go over to Tennessee Bills at Titans. Um, it's not confirmed, but I think sources rumors say that Josh Allen will be good to go this week, and I think it's believable sourcing. So I'd like to. I think Josh Allen's go this week. So let's talk on the Bills side of things first. Um, Josh Allen is a go. Um, do you think he's going to be a start this week? I mean, you know, he, man, if he just, if he just, if he just did not make throws into double coverage, I think he'd be so much better. Um, but nonetheless, he's still got his legs. You see him, he's never not running. So it kind of makes him a, a fantasy option. So, I mean, if you're in bye weeks or anything, are you starting, uh, Josh Allen? Oh, not comfortably. Um, I mean, Tennessee's kind of been middle of the pack defensively against the pass. Um, I think uh, game flow it would probably be neutral for, for both teams. I don't see either team really jumping out to a big lead in this one. Um, it, it's it's just one of those things that's going to depend upon what you have option-wise out there. Um at quarterback, um, there's some other guys I like that might be on the waiver wire. I like Jacoby Brissett this week against Kansas City, playing from behind. Um, so there, there's some guys out there, even Jameis Winston against New Orleans. So um, I might look at some other options over uh, Josh Allen this week. Um, Frank Gore. I mean, it's 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 incredible what he's doing. Uh, is he a start this week, or is he just kind of a start if you know if you if you're kind of in a bind? Um, I have Frank Gore as my running back 31, so that puts him into flex contention. Um, I think when you start looking at, at this matchup against against Tennessee, I, I think there is some some reason to to get a little bit excited, but I, I wouldn't expect him to to really shoot out and have a big game. Um, I think Devin mm-hmm. Singletary should be uh, set to play this week, so I, I think that's going to take away from from some of the volume. But look, over the last two weeks, without Devin Singletary, he's averaged over 16 touches a game, so if Devin Singletary does sit out, I think you, you can comfortably play him as a flex. Let's look at the passing game uh, for the Bills. John Brown, um, I feel like he's It's like it's the quietest decent fantasy production we've seen this year like i almost feel like he's a he's a flex play every week but i literally no one has talked about him we've barely talked about him well look it's john brown and uh and even cole beasley you just look at the target volume that they're getting thus far at this point in time and it's pretty consistent across the board week to week so not sexy plays by any stretch of the imagination but when you're heading into a bye week and you need to to kind of get a guy that you can depend on just from a volume standpoint both of those guys are in play any interest in for deeper leagues and dynasty leagues i want to bring him up just because he's starting to get hype from draft analyst and scouting twitter uh even though i didn't really even remember his name from draft day dawson knox uh he's making some nice catches josh josh allen seemed to like him a little bit two weeks ago uh any interest in him uh it's kind of like a bi-week replacement slash upside play if you're getting screwed over a tight end with like an O.J. Howard or, you know, kind of Jared Cook type situation? Um, 
I mean, it, it's deep down. There's there's a lot of options, so there's some worse options that you could go ahead and do. But especially, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with Dawson Knox. I think it's a more of a dynasty stash right, at this point in time. Um, if you really, really, really have some some issues, then maybe you can go ahead and throw him out there. He hasn't been horrible over the last few weeks, and he's actually made some pretty impressive catches. So uh, I don't want to be too hard on the guy, but uh, I think at this point he's put up more more production than what he did the whole career that he had at Ole Miss so that's kind of a little interesting tidbit with him but yeah I think you can go ahead and stash him in dynasty leagues yeah definitely definitely a um kind of an analyst play I know I picked him up in a deeper league and he started, actually ran him out last week in two leagues so it's kind of kind of interesting stash I know a lot of people love his metrics um Titans um Mariota no uh let's let's just really quickly hit on Derrick Henry you're rolling him out yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry is my, my running back 10, um, even against Buffalo. It's going to be a tougher matchup um, for them, so it's not something that, that I'm completely comfortable with. Although there is a glimmer of hope, you know, Football Outsiders, DVOA, ranks Buffalo 25th against the run. So we, I think he has, look, he, he's proven just from a volume standpoint, he's a play week in and week out. Hey, we, we hyped him up last week. He just did not find the end zone. 100 rush yards for Derrick Henry last week. The receivers, I know everyone's, uh, we talked about them a little bit on the waiver wire show. Everyone is hyping up A.J. Brown. Uh, they're kind of get excited about it. But like you were mentioning on the other show, Scott, it's the volume's really not there. It's kind of, it's almost like it's it's been unsustainable at this point. Isn't that correct? Yeah, the volume's not there, but the the matchup's not there. I mean, people people don't put enough respect on Tre'Davious White's name as far as what he is as a as a defensive back in the league, and and, and right now Buffalo ranks third against the pass, so it, it's not a matchup that I'm I'm comfortable with anybody in. Delaney Walker, I guess you just keep, keep rolling him out until he retires. Um, you got to check on Delaney Walker. He's uh, been a little bit banged up this week. I have him ranked just outside of uh, tight end one territory, so he's coming in as my my tight end fourteen on the week. Um, a couple of other guys that I have directly in front of him. Eric Ebron has a, a cake matchup against Kansas City, and then I have OJ Howard as my my tight end thirteen. Oh, how how much he's fallen, but. I think that matchup, you might see a decent bit of passing against the Saints. So I have both of those guys just ahead of them. Let's go over to our next game. Um, it's going to be one of the more interesting matchups with the Ravens coming off that big loss last week. Ravens at Steelers. Let's talk about the Ravens first. Um, Lamar Jackson. We're still uh, still QB1? Yeah, I mean, he's a QB3 on the week. I, I don't see too many matchups based upon what Lamar Jackson's done and what his floor is with his legs. I, there's not going to be very many matchups that he's going to fall outside of the top five quarterbacks for me for the rest of the year. Uh, we're going to start Mark Ingram, Justice Hill. No, we go to the receivers. Marquise Brown. So I know we liked him to start the year. Are we still really trusting him in that kind of flex range? Yeah, because the the volume's there. He's uh he's getting the the bulk of the the targets thrown his way within that offense. You know, we we talked about off script plays and, and whatnot, and and I think Lamar Jackson's one of the guys that's gonna 
going to benefit from that, you know, the most is getting outside her pocket and being able to throw deep. And I, I just think week in and week out, it's just a matter of time before he goes ahead and, and breaks one. Um, he's got 34 targets on the, on the year. So I think when you, you start looking at it and you have him averaging more than eight targets a game, like I said, it, it's just a matter of time before he breaks a deep one. Mark Andrews, he's questionable. You know, he, he found the end zone last week, the week before he was a little a little bit of disappointment. Uh, Mark Andrews, I guess he's a full go at tight end. I know it's really hard to to really call a tight end to sit really at this point. No, I mean he's. I have him as my tight end five. If he's in the game, you have to play him. I mean the tight end landscape is just so crazy right now. We're we're talking about Will Disley and how how excited we are that he's coming up. But I mean that just goes to show like some of the names that you have out there right now are, are just you know guys that that. You're you're not really comfortable with, so I don't think when when it comes to Mark Andrews, there's an argument to to sit him unless you know he's going to be injured now. Um, Mark Andrews or Darren Waller. In this matchup, it's going to be Mark Andrews for me. But is it close with Tyrell possibly being out? I mean, like you mentioned earlier, you mentioned it as a joke, but. Waller might get 15 targets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's possible that he could, but I'm still more comfortable with Mark Andrews against Pittsburgh rather than Darren Waller being a focal point for that Chicago defense. That's a good point, good point. Steelers, uh, Mason Rudolph looked a lot better on Monday. I think he went through his reads a little bit better, wasn't really going to the check down first. We're seeing Deontay Johnson get some run. Um, you know, we mentioned this as a possibility. I mentioned it on last week's waiver show. Actually, the week before last week, I think. It just as a kind of a, a stash slash kind of just see what happens there. And he looked uh, he looked good last week. I know it's a really bad matchup for someone like Deontay Johnson, but uh, Juju, you're going to start despite his struggles. Um, Deontay Johnson, is he someone that you keep an eye on, you know, that you kind of maybe plug in if, a, if you have a bye week? Or is it just kind of someone that you need to keep an eye on? Because I think if he does well this week, I think he, he's really going to pop up on some waiver wire, uh, waiver wire additions and really going to be someone who people are going to start to gravitate to. Look, surprisingly, Baltimore has the seventh worst passing defense on the year. You know, you can you can attribute a big part of that uh, against who they played in, in Kansas City, and and so it, it's interesting. But also, Jimmy Smith's been banged up, so they're missing their their top cornerback. So that kind of shifts things over. And I, I think Deontay Johnson finds himself in a, a little bit of a, a deeper dart throw. But I, I think he's a guy that can definitely get into the end zone. He has a uh, you know the the pedigree as far as special teams and things like that of what a lot of the guys that you see that get drafted late that end up getting catapulted into to the upper tier of wide receivers end up having. So he's got some some good traits. And, and in this matchup, I, I think, especially with what you've seen, I think he's a decent deep dart throw. He's still going to be outside of my top 45 wide receivers, but I think there's some worse dart throws you have out there than Deontay Johnson. James Conner. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, they, he's not been practicing, but all reports are that he's going to be a go. Um, I mean, the matchup's not great anyway. So, you know, what are you kind of doing with uh, James Conner? 
Yeah, James Conner is going to fall outside of my, my running back one territory. He's going to kind of be a middling uh, RB2 for me this week. And I, I think what you saw last week, I, I think whenever Jalen Samuels came into the game, you saw both of them playing in the, in the backfield on the field at the same time at, at, at times during last week. But I think that's what you're going to kind of see going forward. James Conner's a little bit banged up, but also Jalen Samuels just took some of the uh, some of the pressure off of, of Mason Rudolph and, and what he can do the versatility that he brings so uh, I think James Conner will, will continue to to be a, a decent play and look this week when, when we're talking about the the Ravens they, they're giving up 23.1 fantasy points per game to running back so that, that's about 22.2 percent more fantasy points uh, on average than than what the league average is so it's a good matchup it's a positive matchup for both James Conner and Jalen Samuels do you think it's a good matchup, or do you just think the Ravens have been facing really good running backs? Because I just, I feel like with Mason Rudolph, I just feel like that defense is not going to respect Rudolph, and I just, I, I don't, I, I know on paper the matchup looks good, but I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm worried about James Conner's matchup this week. I mean, I think you're still going to roll them out there no matter no matter what. Yeah, I mean, for sure. No, you don't really it's not it. a situation where you're talking about benching them. So even if you want to kind of caution expectations, what the numbers say based upon the matchup, it's a positive matchup for them, even if you're cautioned. Well, that'll be about it for the Steelers. Not really anyone else to talk about. Um, do you think, I guess really quickly, do you think Juju is going to normalize and he's going to start being what we thought he was? Because... If you listen to this podcast and you trusted us, you're probably pissed at us because I was drafting Juju as early as like tenth overall. Like I, I we we love Juju this year. Look, I, I have Juju on a number of rosters, and I am worried. Um, I, I'm, I think you're just in a situation where you have to run him out week in and week out. But I've seen nothing that makes me comfortable, or even gives me a glimmer of hope that he's going to start producing. Because it's just, it's it's a whole different scenario out there with Mason Rudolph versus uh, Ben Roethlisberger. He did make comments saying he needs to look for Juju more. Uh, he said he's going to try to do that, so I guess that's the glimmer of hope we have now. Um, cardinals Bengals. I feel like this is going to be one of those crappy games that's just a shootout um, somehow. Start on the Cardinals side. Kyler Murray. Are you rolling him out? Because Kyler we haven't really talked about, but he's been around that quarterback 12 to 14 range. He's been Jared Goff so far this year, and uh, we're starting to see him run a little bit more. So um, Kyler Murray, You know, what's your thoughts on him? Yeah, Kyler Murray is going to be a, a top 10 quarterback for me this week, uh, especially when you start looking at the Bengals. The Bengals are, are 31st in football outsiders DVOA. I know I keep hitting on that, but it's such a predictive mes- metric whenever you start looking at, at quarterback play. So I have uh, Kyler Murray in, in my top 10, um, kind of toggling back and forth between him and Jameis Winston for that number 10 spot this week. But but look, that, that Cincinnati defense is, is nothing to really worry about. The bigger concern is going to be uh, Christian Curtin and how, how good he is to go this week but look I I think he kind of hit the nail on the head it's one of those crappy matchups that's going to end up being uh, basically a shootout where both teams are having trouble stopping each other putting on points I traded Larry I traded Brandon Cooks Brand. I traded in a league where I have Chris Herndon and Will Disley I traded uh, TJ Hawkinson and Brandon Cooks for Larry Fitzgerald so I think it kind of worked out for me but I made that pick because I feel like Larry is going to stay on this trajectory. I don't really feel like these targets are coming down. So I I kind of, I don't know if this is going going too far on a limb, but you have Diggs, you have Thielen struggling, you have Edelman kind of not doing what I thought he was going to do. Do you think Larry's got top 
top 12 upside the rest of the year? Do you think he could be like a top 12 wide receiver in PPR leagues just based off this volume and the fact that the Cardinals are probably going to be trailing in most most games? Yeah, I, I think he's he's got that upside, but I think that's probably his ceiling. I think he's going to settle For in sure. probably right around that wide receiver 15 to 16 range based upon what we've seen thus far. But but look, he, he's just a, the ultimate professional, especially at wide receiver. Uh, I don't think you really like worry yourself too much with uh, what's going on with, with Larry Fitzgerald. I think as long as he's healthy, he's going to continue to get the targets out there in Arizona. Let's shift on over to the Bengals. Uh, Andy Dalton, one of our favorite streaming options this week. So how high do we think that ceiling is for Andy Dalton? I still have him outside of my, my top 12 uh, quarterbacks. I have him at quarterback 16, so I think he's a middling quarterback too. But from a streaming standpoint, that's right around the range that you're looking for. Here against the Cardinals, I, I think he's a great play and a great matchup. Um, the the question's going to be is what they're doing out out there at uh, at wide receiver. You've got Auden Tate, who's probably going to slide in for, for John Ross, who I think they put on IR. So Ross is definitely out. I hope people listened to us earlier in the year with the waiver wire and didn't spend too much fab on Ross. Um, so it, it's it's got to be coming for, for Tyler Boyd. I think Tyler Boyd needs a, a get-right game, and I think this this should be the option for uh, for Tyler Boyd to, to go ahead and have a, a game where he kind of gets gets better and, and does more than what he's done thus far. So I, I think Andy Dalton's probably towards the top of the list for streaming options this week uh, of guys who aren't rostered. Andy Dalton or Kyler Murray? Oh, it's Kyler Murray. That's an easy one for me. Um, I have no issues, and it's not even close. Now, you, you mentioned him by name, so Golden Tate. I mean, not Golden Tate, excuse me. Um, Alden Tate. So we know we're starting Tyler Boyd. Um, Alden Tate. So, you know, what do you think, what do you think the ceiling is there? Because, you know, we mentioned on the show, uh, earlier in the week, he's leading the team in targets and catches the last two weeks and yards. So he's getting targeted. So is Alden Tate kind of a, especially in this week's matchup at home, is, is he a start this week? He's not going to be a start. Um, I think he's more of a guy to, to keep an eye on at this point in time moving forward. He's a speculative waiver wire ad, um, I think, this week. I, I think you really have to see if he can take advantage of, of an Arizona team. It's not somebody you're going to roll out there like comfortably starting. Um, he's wide receiver 53 for me. I, I think his upside is in that wide receiver three range. It would be very touchdown dependent for him to do that. But if you see another week where he's getting the, the volume of the targets there, especially over uh, Tyler Boyd, then, then yeah, I think you can start to feel more comfortable about him going forward. But even with that, it, it's it, AJ Green's returns looming. So it, the upside for Auden Tate is going to be limited and capped by AJ Green returning as well. So you look at you look at guys like I'm trying to think people to compare them to who people could be looking in that flex range. So if you're an owner and you have like you have like a Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, I know they play for the same team, might be not a good one, but you know, Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, Geronimo Allison, guys like that, you're starting over Alden Tate. Because I, I I mean Alden Tate's getting that volume and I know that offensive line has been bad in Cincy, but this pass rush for Arizona is not good. Look, I, I'm I'm starting both of those guys over Auden Tate. I, I think when you start talking about Auden Tate, for me, from the wide receiver standpoint, he's in the same range of guys like Jamison Crowder, D.D. Westbrook, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis. Those type of guys is, is where he's at. 
Um, I, I, I'm a lot more comfortable with a guy like Mohamed Sanu in the matchup against Houston this week, who's given up a lot of points to all three wide receiver spots. So for me, it's just it's not something I, I'm, I'm comfortable with, and it's a guy who wasn't even starting here a couple weeks ago. So I, I don't think you can just roll him out and be comfortable with that. There has to be a better options for you out there for your team. I mean, we talked about Philip Dorsett. He's a guy that's still in a waiver wire in some leagues. So I would definitely feel more comfortable with guys like that over him this week. Sounds good, Joe Mixon. Do do we trust him to really to find himself soon? I mean, I know we're starting him, but do we think he's uh, he's gonna like eventually just break out to what we we saw that he could be? Look, if there's a matchup to go ahead and do it, it it's going to be this one. Um, I mean, Arizona ranks towards the bottom as far as uh, defending the run. I have Joe Mixon ranked as as my running back nine this week because of the matchup. So I, I think it's just a matter of time. That offense is going to start gelling a little bit more. And even with the injury that we talked about with John Ross, I, I think they're going to have to lean a little bit more on Joe Mixon. And I just think he's been banged up over the early part of the season. So you're going to see him start to get a little bit more healthy as the weeks go on. And I think you'll see a big game from Joe Mixon coming soon. Falcons at Texans. Falcons are just, whew, they are, uh, they're burning. I think Dan Quinn is going to get fired soon. It's just not a good situation in Atlanta, so we talk about them first. Um, <laughs> Matt Ryan, I feel like it's got to connect soon, right? I think we all had him top five this year at quarterback, maybe even top four. So our, do we think it's going to normalize with Matt Ryan? Look, for me, this is the week that, that you're going to see Matt Ryan go ahead and put up a, a big game. When we start talking about Houston, they're giving up positive fantasy points you know, over average, over league average, to all three wide receiver positions. So that sets up well for, for Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and even Mohamed Sanu if you want to go ahead and, and, and go deep and, and make a play. But but look, they're giving up over 4.2 fantasy points per week over average to, to wide receiver ones, 4.7 to wide receiver two. So that's that's good news for, for Calvin Ridley owners. And, and to wide receiver threes, they're giving up 6.4 fantasy points over average on a weekly basis. So uh, I think all three of those guys are in good position against Houston this week, and I think that bodes well for, for Matt Ryan. And then you add in Austin Hooper on top of that. Let's look at um, the Falcons' run game. I mean, Devontae Freeman, I mean, I feel like he's in a purgatory right now. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's rough out there for for, for them. I, I just don't think you can really depend on 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 what's going on with that, that backfield right now. He, I think he had 80% of the snaps last week, so it kind of saved things a little bit. But, I mean, look, he, he's... He's in the bottom half of my running back twos right now. I'm just not excited about what I've seen out of Devontae Freeman thus far. Um, Houston as a matchup is 24th against running back so far on the year. So it's 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 going to fall into about what you would expect out of, out of Freeman so far on the year. Um, it, it's just, look, it's been tough sledding if you got Devontae Freeman so far. One target two weeks ago, six targets last week somehow. Um, is this the week that Calvin Ridley gets right? Because in the first two weeks of the year, you know, we saw it. We saw four for 60 and a touchdown week one was an incredible catch. We saw eight for 100 in week two with a touchdown and a really nice catch as well. He also dropped a ball in the end zone. That would have been a nice catch, another touchdown. So Calvin Ridley, like I, I know that we know he can do it, but I'm just, I just, I don't really know what's wrong with him right now. 
Yeah, we kind of hit on our waiver wire show, but for whatever reason, Muhammad Sanu has just demanded more targets and is even getting more playing time there in that Atlanta offense. I don't know if there's an injury that's uh, kind of bothering Calvin Ridley right now that the coaching staff isn't really like like having an issue to to go ahead and report. Maybe it's not serious enough for him to miss games, but it's affecting him within the game as far as route running and getting open. Um, so I think this will be a, a telling game. If he can't get right in this, this game, then I'm going to have some concern. Yeah, I just, I'm super nervous about him. He was my breakout this year, but I'm nervous about him for other reasons. I just got him on a lot of teams. Um, that's about it in the, in the Falcons offense. I think we, we know that, um, you know, Austin Hooper's a must start. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Texans. So Deshaun Watson, are you nervous? Because I'm a little nervous. I mean, I know you had him as QB one, but I think we already know that Mahomes is God. So we know that he can repeat that. So, so really not worried about Watson being a quarterback one, but I mean, quarterback one, exactly, I should say. Um, the offensive line, man, I mean, it is just a – it's just – it's it's really scared me off from Deshaun Watson, and I'm scared from a football perspective too because I feel like – I feel like the Texans are just ruining him. Ruining him. I feel like he's going to get hurt, and I just – that offensive line play is just – it's embarrassing, and I feel like it's really putting Deshaun Watson's performance into question. Look, they, they need to work some things out along that offensive line, but let's not forget, if you go and watch these Houston games, Deshaun Watson's just been a little bit off. I don't know if that's got to do with some of the back tightness and soreness that he's been dealing with, but look, he, he's he's come damn close to, to hitting both uh, both Hopkins and Will Fuller on some deep balls so far. And Will Fuller in particular, we talk about, he, look, he's he's 12th in the league in air yards and outside of the top 50 in and receiving yards, it's just a matter of time before Will Fuller connects deep in. And when we talk about this Atlanta secondary that's that's been struggling as of late, especially against wide receiver ones, I think it's a it's a game where both you know Hopkins and Will Fuller can can go ahead and take advantage. And I think that's going to bode well for Deshaun Watson. I really like this game and this matchup from both sides uh, as far as you know fantasy players to to go ahead and and have good games this week. DeAndre Hopkins, it's he's gonna he's he is gonna normalize. Is it is it gonna be this week? Yeah, you know, for me, I, I think it's definitely gonna be this week. Um, I really like the the matchup that he has there against Atlanta in particular. They're giving up over seven fantasy points per game over average to to wide receiver one. So I think this is a good good play and good week for for DeAndre Hopkins. Will Fuller, any interest in him? Because I feel like his, I feel like he's getting open. It's I just I feel like it's gonna come for Will Fuller as long as he's healthy he's gonna be good in my opinion and I feel like it, it's coming for Will Fuller real soon. Yeah, and especially when you have Kenny Stills, uh, who who's probably not gonna play this week, and uh, Kiki Kuti is has not really been a part of offense thus far this year. So I, I think this is definitely a week when you can see targets concentrated to both Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins because there's not much else in the offense right now. I mean, they're running out Darren Fells out there as a their damn tight end. Um, you know, for whatever reason, Duke Johnson hasn't getting the run that we projected. Uh, Carlos Hodge, pretty much the early down back, who's while well, he's played well, when it, we're talking about targets and where they're going to be funneled, I think you're going to see a lot of it increased to both Hopkins and Fuller this week. What are we doing with those running backs? Uh, I, I think it's it's one of those things where they're both flex options, um, but it's going to be Hyde as a flex option if you play in a standard league, and maybe Duke Johnson as a flex option. And you know, in in 
PPR leagues, but it's not even a flex option that I, I'm really comfortable with until I start seeing more. Um, I mean, at, at this point in time, I have Duke Johnson ranked as my, my running back 37 on a week. Um, so I have Carlos Hyde as my running back 28. So I, I think that's where, where they're at until you see one of them really take hold of, of this uh, backfield or unless you see the coaches kind of change the way they've been calling plays to this point. I, I think that's where both of them will kind of end up in those range based upon matchups on a week-to-week basis. Carlos Hyde currently running back 34, just to, just to get that out there. Duke Johnson, though, he's been, um, he's, it's, I, I think it's fair to say he has been the, the biggest disappointment for fantasy owners slash analysts this year, right? Because we were so excited. We talked so much about him, and man, he just, they just let us down. And I'm going to say they because I really think it's a usage issue, but I mean, still, nonetheless, I mean... I mean, I don't know, man. It's just just really disappointing with Duke Johnson. Yeah, so, I mean, he's only had one game so far this year where he's had uh, 10 touches, and and that was in week one against the Saints where he had nine rushing attempts and and four receptions, and and he put up decent numbers for PPR in that that game. But when you start talking about what he did against even week three against the, the Chargers, I mean, you're talking two rushing attempts for two yards, two receptions on three targets. So uh, I think they need to figure out what they're going to do. And it's it sucks because I know the talent's there for, for Duke Johnson, even against the tough matchup last week against uh, the Panthers. Uh, I just think he needs to get more work there and more run in that passing game. I, I think there's definitely openings for him to, to get the ball out in space and be uh, that short to intermediate weapon that we've seen him in the past. Buccaneers, Saints. Um, Buccaneers, um you're starting uh, Mike Evans. You're starting Chris Godwin. Really, the only thing I have to ask you here, Scott, is, uh, man, Jameis. Jameis is interesting. Um, I mean, he looked good last week. I mean, he had one of the he had one of the stupid pick sixes, and it was like, okay, well, that's Jameis Winston. That's who you are. But uh, Jameis Winston, are you starting him this week? The uh, the Saints have been Saints defense has been good. Uh, so I think it's it's going to be an interesting game. But we've also We've seen Tampa Bay really have the Saints number the last few years, and specifically Jameis Winston. So are you comfortable with Jameis tomorrow or Sunday? Yeah, I'm I'm actually a lot more comfortable with Jameis than, than what some other people are. And you talk about the Saints defense being good. Yeah, they've been they've been decent, I think is what you can say. They they look good out there on the field, but from you know, some of their metric standpoints, they're twenty sixth against the pass. They're fifteenth against the run. I'm more concerned about them against the run than I am against the pass. And as of right now, even with the good game that he had last week against Amari Cooper, you start talking about Marshawn Lattimore and he has given up the most yards, receiving yards in his own and in, in coverage than any other cornerback in the league right now. Add in Eli Apple who's consistently given up big plays and look, I think it's a good week. I think you'll see Marshawn Lattimore locked up on Mike Evans like we've seen a lot of the matchups in the past so it, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens but I'm not shying away from this matchup at all we did see Seattle playing from behind airing it out and I, th- I think those numbers are inflated I think I think the Saints past defense is, is just fine I think they're gonna normalize we saw Lattimore lock up Cooper last week now it, it's actually history says that Mike Evans owns Marshawn Lattimore so keep that in mind. Evans has owned the Saints over the last few years. So that's what I'm going to be watching. I think I think if Dennis Allen trusts Lattimore in man, we saw it last week versus Cooper. He shut Cooper down. So I think, I think if he's in man, it'll be an interesting play. But no, I, I do. I think Jameis is, is a start this week in, in most leagues. Ronald Jones, you, you said it, so we'll transition there. The run defense. 
Ronald Jones was a top waiver wire pickup in most leagues this week. But look, I think I, again, I think it's going to be funny because people are going to pick up Jones. They're going to roll him out this week, and they're going to be pissed. Because I mean, it's, it's a good run defense. I think it's twenty eight games in a row without la- allowing hundred yards on the ground. Yeah, look, New Orleans is uh towards the bottom as far as fantasy points allowed. They're they're averaging less than uh they're averaging three point less than league average to as far as fantasy points to running back. So Ronald Jones and and Peyton Barber look, it's a little bit of a headache trying to figure out which one of these guys. I think you have to lean a little bit more towards Ronald Jones uh, as far as taking over this backfield. He's just got the higher pedigree as far as draft capital, and he's he's younger than than Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber kind of just gets what's blocked for him. You've seen Ronald Jones start to break some tackles. He's starting to to kind of get a little bit better feel for how defenses are in the NFL. I just don't think this is a good matchup for him. I have him tentatively as my running back 35 on the week. Um, so I, I think. Look, unless you're really struggling, I, I think you can shy away from Ronald Jones this week. Let's go over to, uh, well, I guess we can just mention it, O.J. Howard. I mean, I mean, it depends I mean, it depends how you draft it, because I feel like, you know, with O.J. Howard, he's one of those tight ends in, during draft season that we drafted, and we didn't really go after a backup because he was someone who's going to start every week. But if you picked up a Will Disley or Darren Waller, you know, you're in the clear there. But, I mean, what are you doing with O.J. Howard? I mean, I feel like you just have to start him. Yeah, um, look, we talk about how bad the just the tight ends are, and and, and how so many different teams are, are are struggling to find tight ends within the the fantasy football landscape. I I just think it, it's going to be a a rough sled. It's a it's a bad matchup for OJ Howard this week. I have him ranked outside of my my tight end ones. I have him ranked as a tight end thirteen on the week. Um, I'm not comfortable about it. Unfortunately for me, I'm going to have to start him in a league. Um, I have T.J. Hawkinson's kind of my pivot away from him um, in that that league that I drafted him. But with Hawkinson on a bye and a few other teams and players on a bye, I think if people could run into a situation where they just have to go ahead and, and throw him out there and pray. <laughs> That's kind of the best way to describe it. We go over to the Saints. Teddy Bridgewater, you're not starting. Kamara, start. Michael Thomas, start. Um I mean, you're really starting a lot of people. Uh, I guess really the only thing I have for you, Scott, that's worth talking about here is, if is Jared Cook droppable? I ask this every week. So are we officially dropping Jared Cook for like a Jack Doyle or something? Absolutely not, especially no? this week. So look, uh, look, this is going to – I'll go ahead and, and give my preview for, for late when we talk about plays of the week. But Jared Cook's going to be my play of the week here at the tight end. Yes. Tampa Bay is giving up seven points per game over average to to tight ends on the on the on the year. I, I just think it's a positive matchup for for Jared Cook. So that's number two. The only team worse than Tampa Bay against the against tight ends on the year from a fantasy standpoint has been Arizona. So I think it's a cush matchup. Uh, I think you go ahead and roll out there with with Jared Cook this week. And if if he doesn't if he doesn't put up you know reasonable numbers for you that that, that you can kind of like get by on this week then look hit me up on twitter tell me i was wrong and go ahead and drop them then but do not do it this <laughs> week uh, latavius murray we're waiting waiting and seeing there so don't start him um vikings giants um let's start on the giant side of things uh daniel jones we're not starting um Sa- saquon so <laughs> <laughs> they're not ruling him out this week. I don't think he's going to play, but they're not ruling him out. Um, you know, what are you thinking with uh, Wayne Gallman this week? Are you rolling him out if Saquon's out? 
Yeah, even against a tough matchup, I think he's a fringe running back to play. Um, I wouldn't expect quite the numbers that you had him, you, you saw last week, but I, I think he's about a, a running back 25, which is right around where I have him um, this week. So he's he's in that consideration to, to play. And, and look, a lot of people probably went and spent high fab expecting uh, – expecting Saquon to be out longer. I certainly expected Saquon to be out a little bit longer, but he, he continues just to defy the odds as both a, a player performer and in this situation, how he heals. But, you know, you you, you kind of saw things on both ESPN and NFL Network, and he's out there, you know, running a, the ladder, and, and you see the movement and stuff. So I don't think it's going to be long until you see Saquon back. So I think if you've got Goldman, go ahead and start him this week and, and hope you can get some usage out of him. Are we comfortable with Golden Tate this week, or we want to see it see him play on the field first? No, I, I, I'm not comfortable with this matchup. I'm not comfortable. Um, look, a lot of people are touting Daniel Jones, but he didn't look that great last week. Um, you know, compared to what he did the first week. So uh, I think you can go ahead and, and and leave Golden Tate on the bench this week. Um, I think I. It's it's not a great matchup against Minnesota, so it's not something uh, that I want to go ahead and take advantage of. You still have to have some concern as to where Golden Tate's going to fall within a pecking order of targets there. Um, for me, I have him ranked as a wide receiver 43 this week, um, just behind guys like Philip Dorsett, Robbie Anderson. Um, so that's where I'm going to leave it, at least for this week against Minnesota. So Sterling Shepard, though, do you feel comfortable with him? Yeah, um, Sterling Shepard's uh, a, a low-tier uh, wide receiver, too, for me. Well, he's going to be my wide receiver 24 on the week. Let's um, go over to the Vikings. Uh, I feel like I feel like it's like... I feel like they're going to go nuts. I don't know why. I could be just completely wrong here, but I feel like they're going to go nuts. Um, Adam Thielen, you might not like it, but you're starting him. Dalvin Cook, you're starting him. Uh, two people we've got to talk about. Stephon Diggs and Kirk Cousins. So, uh, I, I think, I think when you you start piecing together parts of this puzzle and, and what you've seen from Stefan Diggs, he he missed practice Wednesday, came back Thursday, and, and there was a lot of questions, you know, from the media and and look, he he didn't really shy away from him too much. He said there's some truth to the rumors that you know he wants to be traded. I think he is looking for a way to get out. He has a very friendly contract there for. Uh, for Minnesota. Minnesota definitely wants to keep him. Um, when we look at the matchup, we, we talked about Marshawn Lattimore giving up the, the most yards and, and coverage. The number two and number three cornerbacks after Lattimore are, are both uh, sitting there on the Giants and Janoris Jenkins and DeAndre Baker. So uh, you start adding that in. It's, it's, a, it's a solid matchup. And, and then you have the complaints and, and what's both coming out of Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen's mouth. And it, it could just be one of those squeaky wheel gets to grease weeks for, for both of those guys in, in, in this matchup. So I'm going to have Stefan Diggs Frank as my wide receiver 22 based upon that reasoning right there and uh look last week we we talked about benching him and he he came out with with seven catches for over 100 yards and i I think uh i think this could be a thing where they they kind of game plan to appease stuff on digs i don't see a reason to go ahead and and continue to run dalvin cook 40 times a game so i mean (laughs) you think digs gets traded you think that's possible yeah, I, I do think it's possible. Um, there was some rumor that uh, it could be the Patriots. I think that's uh, out of the realm of the possibility. But yeah, uh, a team like either. Buffalo is another team that's been uh, kind of of 
basically connected to Diggs. The the Redskins during the offseason, because Diggs is from the Maryland area, played at Maryland. That's another team that's been kind of in the discussion. But uh, it might not happen here during during the season. I, I can see it happening in the offseason. So from more of a, a dynasty perspective, I think Diggs is still a stronghold. That would be so Redskins to trade away their pick this year for for Diggs. That'd be that'd be so Redskins. Look, we've also got Trent Trent Williams sitting out there in, <laughs> in limbo, so that's another piece that that could be added into the puzzle. Um, you know, Minnesota's done done solid as far as the offensive line play this this week's. I mean, this year. So, I don't necessarily. I'm not saying that you're going to see Trent Williams traded for Stephon Diggs. I'm just saying there are options out there. And 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 look, we, we talked about the the Jacksonville Jaguars and what's going on over there with Jalen Ramsey wanting out. And there's a there's a lot of different things that could play out. Um, it's it, it hasn't been seen often that we've seen players, uh, you know, traded midseason like this, but it, it seems to be happening more often than what it has, you know, here recently than what it has in the, in the past. But it's not out of the, the realm of possibility. But if I had to, to, to go ahead and make a bet, I think uh, Diggs is going to remain a Viking for the remainder of the season. I agree with that completely. Um, let's go look at the next game over in London, Raiders, Bears. We'll start with the Raiders because it's going to be quick, Scott. Um, sit everybody except Darren Waller, assuming that Tyrell is is out. Because I'm, I, I, I don't think Jacobs is is top twenty this week, and that's just my take. Man, uh, you know, from a volume standpoint alone, um, and, and if all of those guys are going to be out, I think Josh Jacobs has to get more run. I don't have him top twenty. I have him a. Uh, you know, as my running back 23 on the week, I don't think when I start looking at some of the guys here behind him, even against the tough Bears matchup, but you're, you're talking Jordan Howard, Wayne Gallman, James White. I don't think it's a, from a game flow standpoint for, for James White that it's a great matchup against the Redskins, but we hit on Sony Michelle, Carlos Hyde. I, I'm still more comfortable with Josh Jacobs than all the guys that I just named. The guy I have one spot above Josh Jacobs is Devontae Freeman, and I think you can even make an argument that, that Josh Jacobs may be a better play than him. So I'm still going to roll him out there. I, I I'm going to caution expectations. I have a more of a flex play. I think uh, as far as him having a, a big upside game, it's not necessarily going to happen. But I can see about 75 total yards with two or three receptions and maybe a touchdown sprinkled in. And, yeah, so we go on over to the Bears. Um, no Mitch Trubisky, Chase Daniel in for the next few weeks. I, I feel like it's kind of almost an upgrade because Mitch has been so bad. So we, we look at the receiving core, Scott, Allen Robinson. I feel like he's still kind of trustworthy, and he's really the only receiver we'd like to start from that team. Yeah, you know, Allen Robinson, uh, I've been happy with what I've seen and gotten out of Allen Robinson so far on the year. I have him as a wide receiver 20. It's not the most positive matchup that you you would think, you know, against the Oakland team that doesn't really scare anybody that's probably also going to be missing uh, the middle linebacker as well. But but look, Oakland's, Oakland's given up – like less than th- three points less than than league average to wide receiver one, so it's it's not the the greatest matchup, but you're still going to roll Allen Robinson out there and feel comfortable with him as a wide receiver too. Let's look at uh, someone I want to talk about for a little bit. I want to talk about the running back corks. I feel like this could be a good week for for at least two of them. I feel like it could be David Montgomery week and Tariq Cohen week. David Montgomery twenty carries last week. He did absolutely awful with them, but I think that the fact of the matter is he got the work. 
Yeah, you know, uh, that's what you want to see, and you want to see him continue to to move forward and, and get more volume, get more snaps. Um, Tariq Cohen, I, I think, is going to be the better play this week. Um, and my reasoning for that is is that Taylor Gabriel is going to be out. So uh, I think when you start looking at things and how they're going to play out and, and, and things like that, I think you're going to see uh, Tariq Cohen be a little bit more involved in the offense than uh, from a snap standpoint, at least than – than maybe what he was in, in here in the, the week prior. But I, I think, look, Tariq Cohen, when he touches the ball, he he's a threat to, to go ahead and score anytime he does. But I think from a, a volume standpoint, David Montgomery is going to probably continue to to go ahead and get the bulk of the uh, running snaps there in the, in the backfield. And I'm still going to have him right there in the, the, the running back 20 range there uh, this week against Oakland. Um. Not really much to talk about there. I think really those are the only guys you're starting. Jets, Eagles, another quick one. Um, Jets side, we, we mentioned it earlier. You're only starting Le'Veon Bell. That's really about it. Um, question, I, I saw Robbie Anderson on waivers in three leagues. I feel like I feel like that's someone like that is someone you stash because they're going to be on bye next week. I feel like, you, I feel like that'd be a good stash. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, I mean... Um... Are they going to be on a bye next week? I think they're actually coming. I think they play next week. I think they were on a bye last week. Um, so, thought, uh, oh, look at me. I thought Chris Herndon, Chris Herndon was suspended for four games, right? Yeah. So they were on a bye last week, and then he comes back next week. Woo, look at me being wrong, but so excited. That's awesome. Okay, we'll continue. <laughs> Anyways, so, uh, yeah, you're getting Chris Herndon back next week, and, and hopefully with uh, – you know, Sam Darnold as well. But the, the disappointing thing is this is a really good matchup had Sam Darnold played. You know, uh, Philadelphia has really struggled there in the, the secondary, and they've, they've been absolute dog shit on the year. So uh, it was definitely a matchup that if if Sam Darnold had been playing, I think you can go ahead and, and try to take advantage of. But with Luke Falk or whoever the hell uh, they want to roll out there this week, it, it's not something I can really be super excited for. But, but yeah, when we start talking about wide receivers, like Philadelphia has given up the third most fantasy points to wide receivers on the year. So uh, there's, there's a possible that one of those guys could uh, break out this week and, and have a nice game. But you can't really bet on it and depend on it because of the quarterback situation. Eagles, uh, we mentioned Deshaun Jackson being out. I think you mentioned an Alshon Jeffrey game. So you're starting Alshon Jeffrey. Um, running backs, are we starting either Jordan Howard or Miles Sanders? I feel like this could be the Miles Sanders week, but it's just speculation at this point. And I feel like every week I can say it's going to be a Miles Sanders week. I can just keep pushing it back. Look, it's one of those situations where both guys are going to rank in that that low end uh, running back two to to mid tier uh, flex range as far as my running back rankings. So uh, I think whenever you start looking at whether or not you're going to start a guy, you have to kind of depend on and see where your roster is at. So with the Jets, uh, they should, I expect them to, to get out to a big lead. So I think for a rushing volume and opportunity standpoint for both Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders, you should see positive game flow for both of them. Uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, he looked good last week, but he's still like a 20-point week because of uh, Jordan Howard. Is Could this be a get right for Carson Wentz? Man, it, look, as far as get right, it's it's hard to really say like just for him to get right because he he's been 
performing well across the you know week in and week out. He's been consistent. I think when you you start looking at things, you know he 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 hasn't had his bad game. You know when you look at it, he had against Atlanta where he only had one touchdown and and two interceptions, but he also ended up putting one in the end zone from from a rushing standpoint. So he's given you at, at least two touchdowns week in and week out with with two games where he went three touchdowns and no interceptions. So. You know, I don't know how much more uh, getting right he needs to get. So I'm comfortable with him here in the Jets. Um, next week he's got a tougher matchup against Minnesota. But but look, I, I definitely think you go ahead and start Carson Wentz. He's my QB four in the week. Well, that's, that's a little high. Yeah. Might, might, might not be getting right, but I, I don't know about quarterback four. But hey, I like it. I, I, I like it. It could be a smash play maybe. Broncos Chargers uh, for the four o'clock games. For some reason, the NFL everything's at one o'clock this week. I don't know if you noticed that, that they're all one o'clock games. And then for the four o'clock slate, we get the Broncos and chargers and the Packers and Cowboys. So really weird week on that angle. Um, yeah. I feel like, I feel like the <laughs> NFL and Fox is trying to force that Packers Cowboys game down our throats. Um, I, I just think it's a scheduling debacle. They're not giving fans uh, many options to go ahead and decide what they want to watch and which games. So especially uh, for somebody like me who watches a lot of red zone, I think red zone is just going to be the same as, as flipping the channels back and forth for those late games. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, you know, Raiders and bears are in London, so I know that's a, that's a night start for them. So that's, that's cool. That's fine. But I feel like, I feel like even saints Buccaneers could have got a three o'clock start and it really would have been fine. Um, Nonetheless, though, Broncos, Chargers, um, Broncos, uh, I mean, who are you starting out of that lineup, uh, out of that team? I mean, you're starting Philip Lindsay, Emmanuel Sanders, is, or are you giving Cortland Sutton some run? Yeah, you know, I'm actually a little bit more comfortable with uh, Cortland Sutton this week probably than, than what I should be. Um, it, it really just depends on on who you decide that the wide receiver one is there for Denver, but because San Diego has performed horribly against, uh, against, you know, opposing teams like wide receivers, uh, this year, but, but specifically they, they've done really, I keep saying San Diego, the chargers specifically, they've done horribly against the opposing teams, wide receiver ones, given up over nine fantasy points over league average per game. So, you know, does that play out to benefit Cortland Sutton or does it play out to, to benefit Emmanuel Sanders. I'm going to lead him a little bit more towards Cortland Sutton. I think he's slowly emerging as uh, the top option there for Denver. Flacco's done a, a lot better than uh, what I expected. And when you look at San Diego's past defense as a whole, they're ranked 30th in football outsiders DVOA ranking. So it's a matchup I'm going to go ahead and try to target this week. Let's talk a little bit about Noah Fant. You, you, you kind of picked him out last week. He didn't really get the target share, but he got in the end zone. So any interest in Noah Fant in deeper leagues? Yeah, deeper leagues, dynasty especially, but I, I think deeper leagues, when you start looking, I, I think you can go ahead and just kind of target the athletic ability and the, you know, the pedigree he has as a, a early first-round tight end. You know, it's going to be hit or miss, but I think you saw what he can do you know, on that screen pass that he took for a touchdown. I, I think he has the, the ability to get chunk yards, and from a tight end standpoint, once you start getting over that 40 or 50-yard threshold, um, you, you're really doing well. Um, it's just a matter of you know, can you get a, a lot of volume to match up with it? And it's, it's going to be dependent week to week. Let's go over to the Chargers. Um, Keenan Allen, you're starting him. Phillip Rivers, probably starting him there at home. Um, Melvin Gordon, this is going to be the breakout, right? I mean, that run defense is horrendous out in Denver. 
I mean, he didn't even play last week, so I don't know if we can say like breakout, but but yeah, you could go be ahead a breakout. And start he's been out for a few weeks. I mean, I guess the expectation could be he's not going to be very good since he's coming off of a he hasn't played in almost a year. Yeah, but I mean, this is the thing. Look, because of the matchup, and even with Melvin Gordon not having played, I, I still have him right there, right around uh, my running back twenty. I also have Austin Eckler as my running back fifteen on the week. So just just from a matchup standpoint, I, I think you go ahead and, and, and target this uh, Denver defense. They've they've been horrible against running backs. So I, I think it's an easy matchup to to go ahead and, and take advantage of. And look, it, it's. It's definitely going to be a, a, a get-right game, and you can kind of like try to gauge how this split's going to going to go ahead and, and take hold. So Austin Eckler's generally been around that nine to ten touch range when games that Melvin Gordon's played. So I'd like to see him around fourteen um, touches to, for for San Diego and that offense for especially the people that that own him and and hang on to him but look that Denver right now is giving up the fourth most fantasy points for running backs I think you get both of these guys in your lineups let's go to the Packers Cowboys um it's I mean pretty much almost everybody uh Rodgers you're starting um how comfortable are you with uh, Aaron Jones because I know we mentioned flex play for Allison uh and MVS, we're starting Graham. So I guess really the only question I have for you is Aaron Jones. Uh, I feel like no Jamal Williams, so the volume's going to be there. But, I mean, w- you know, what are you thinking with uh, Aaron Jones? Yeah, for me, uh, Aaron Jones is going to be a volume play. Um, Dallas is pretty much a neutral ma- matchup as far as fantasy points allowed for Aaron Jones. So you're really going to go ahead and, and bank on Jamal Williams being out. I think they're going to roll Dexter Williams out there off of uh, – I think he was inactive last week, so he'll probably be uh, coming in as relief. But I I think Aaron Jones is going to get all the work that he can handle. So while it's not necessarily the greatest matchup, um, it it is a neutral matchup. So I think you go ahead and lean on the volume. I have Aaron Jones ranked as my running back 16 on the week. Let's go over to the Cowboys. Um, You're starting Dak. You're starting Zeke. You're starting Cooper. Look, Zeke's going to be... Zeke's probably going to be my running back one on the week, especially here against Green Bay. Um, they, they give up more fantasy points than Denver and Miami, and they actually come in second behind Cincinnati. So I think this is just a, a smash week. You haven't seen that really huge week here out of Zeke, but I, I think that week's going to be this week. Let's um, Michael Gallup, he's back this week. Is he a start this week, or is he kind of just a let's see what happens? No, it's a let's see what happens um, here for me. I think just because of the injury and also because of, of the matchup, Green Bay's actually been pretty solid so far on the year. They're they're a decent you know play, but but look, they've been they've been ranked fifth against the pass. So I don't expect like huge numbers. Um, I think it's going to be a big game, but I think this is a a week that you can wait just one more week on uh, on Michael Gallup to come back. Let's go to the Colts Chiefs. Um, start on the Chiefs side. Mahomes, you're starting. Um, I mean, we talked about Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy earlier. Um, what are we doing with them? I mean, are we starting either one of them? I mean, what do you think about that situation? Look, I, I think as long as LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams play, I think you find a way to get them and you start in the lineup at, at a minimum as a flex. And I, I think that argument could also be made from the wide receivers. I, I think there's with McCole Harmon and Robinson, I think you you find a way to get them into the lineup, especially against a, a good matchup against a, a Indianapolis defense that I, I think you can go ahead and, and take advantage of. The interesting thing for this matchup is these two teams, 
Indianapolis uh, ranks 32nd against defend the run, and Kansas City ranks 31st. So I, I think you have to get all the running backs here involved. Let's. Uh, are you going to pick? Are you going to play roulette with one of those wide receivers? I mean, I think Tyree Kill. I think he's back next week. If he's not playing this week, he's back. He's making his cuts. He looks good. I mean, he really he, he looks great. So I think he's back next week. So this is the last week we have to really guess between McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. So are you picking one of them? I mean, even Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins was a receiver one week one, and he's been receiver forty or worse the last few weeks. You know, I, I think Sammy Watkins is actually a player that's going to end up benefiting from it from Tyreek Hill coming back. I think more of the the coverage and, and just the the focus is going to be on, on Tyreek Hill and, and how he clears out a lot of the intermediate and underneath routes. And I think that's where Sammy Watkins is going to benefit. Um, for me, if I have to choose between two of these guys, between Nicole Hardman and, and Demarcus Robinson, I'm going to lean towards Robinson. I, I think... Uh, I think Robinson has a little bit more ability and, and versatility to function within the offense, whereas I think McCole Hardman's a little bit redundant in, in that role that Tyreek Hill is going to come back and play. Let's go to the Colts. Um, I feel like Jacoby Brissett is a sneaky play this week. What do, what do you think about that? Yeah, Jacoby Brissett absolutely is a sneaky play this week. And I, I think just from a game flow standpoint, um, I'm going to have Brissett as my quarterback 12 on the week. I, I think he sneaks in there in that, that, that QB1 uh, conversation and, and just because of the matchup. And, um, you know, hopefully we're going to go ahead and see T.Y. Hilton back. I, I think you've seen the connection and and, and some of the relationship that, that he has there with uh, Jack Doyle at tight end. And I, I think even Eric Ebron is going to be a solid play, even though, you know, last week he, he kind of saved – you know, one garbage touchdown, and I think it was like 48 yards was like all he really did, um, and it was late in the game. So, but I, I think this is a good matchup for just across the board for that that passing uh, team. Um, I think if you really really want to go deep deep with this, I think uh, Zach Pascal could actually end up surprising some people, maybe in some some DFS uh, lineups uh, this week. But um, look, I, I'm I'm getting as many players I, I can involved in this passing game. Marlon Mack did not practice yesterday. Do, do we expect him? You know, I, I don't know what to expect out of Marlon Mack. Um, it's not trending in the right direction. I, I think you have to to maybe go ahead and make a speculative ad for uh, Jordan Wilkins. Um, and PPR, I'd lean a little bit more towards Naheem Hines with this passing matchup that they have. But um, I think you definitely have to get both players. Um, you know, if you have Marlon Mack, you have to be prepared to, to start somebody else. And because of the matchup and, and some of the data involved with how bad Kansas City's defense has been, I think you get either one of those guys involved. Let's let's go to Browns 49ers. Um, on the, we'll start with the Browns first. Uh, we saw Nick Chubb go berserk last week. He's he's elite. I mean, he, he's a great running back. We touted him highly on this podcast. Uh, Baker Mayfield, that's the question. We were all we all we all had him top five heading into the year. And it's obviously not going in that direction. You trust in Baker this week? Ooh, I mean, it's look, it, it, it's a rough one. They, they just can't get everything quite together. I think they need to go ahead and, and, and continue to lean on um, on Nick Chubb and, and, until they kind of piece things together. But I have Baker Mayfield as my QB 14 on the week. Look, San, I mean, San Francisco has been 
the second ranked passing defense so far on the year, six against the run. Granted, that's only a, a three grain, three game sample size so far, but but as of right now, you're talking about a team that's three and zero. Oh. Some of it's a little bit matchup dependent, but by by no means is this just going to be an easy matchup uh, this week for this Cleveland offense. Are you starting Jarvis Landry? I know I know Odell's a must start, but are we looking at Jarvis Landry to start? Whew, um, I have Jarvis uh, right there in that, that flex consideration. Um, for me, he's going to come in right there at wide receiver 33. So I, I think you get him involved. I think we're going to see a lot of the focus headed towards uh, towards Odell's way. We're we're not. We go over the 49ers. We're not starting Jimmy Garoppolo, I guess, unless you're, you're in a bind. Uh, they're coming off of a bye week. Um, you're starting George Kittle. I think the breakout's coming. I think he's a buy low uh, if it's not too late for you. Um, Matt Breda. So we, we look at the wide receivers. We're kind of, I mean, I think all the wide receivers are unstartable. So you look at the running backs, Matt Breda. Is he going to finally find the end zone this week? You know, it's not something I'm going to bet on. No, I'm going to say, no, he doesn't find the end zone this week because you've seen how the roles are, have, have played out. I mean, they're, they're running Wilson out there as, as the goal linebacker. Raheem Mostert's kind of getting mixed in in a passing game as well. So for me, Breda's upside right now is, is I think his ceiling is at most a, a running back two, a low-end running back two. And right now he's just a middling flex option for me. I have him ranked as my running back 32 on the week right behind Frank Gore and kind of right ahead of Chris Thompson. Smash plays of the week. You want to you wanna go right into them? Uh, let's. I'm gonna let you go first because I want to hear who you have at quarterback. <laughs> it's Captain Kirk time. I'm going Kirk Cousins to smash play of the week. Uh, y'all are probably gonna laugh at me. He probably is on waivers. Kirk Cousins. I think this is the get right week um, for Kirk. I think honestly, if you don't see it this week, I really don't think it's gonna come. I, I feel like you see a lot of pissed off stuff in the media. You see. Diggs, you see Thielen, and I just, I think he's going to come out, and I think they're going to come out, and they're going to throw the ball, and they're just going to beat the crap out of the Giants. Um, I think Daniel Jones is really not going to be able to move the ball on the Vikings defense. Um, I think it's going to be a one-sided game. I really just, I see the Vikings beating the crap out of them. I see Kirk at least getting multiple touchdowns in the air. I see Thielen, I see Diggs, I just... I feel it. I'm feeling it from Captain Kirk. I think, you know, depending who you got this week, you can probably probably roll out uh, Kirk Cousins. I, I like him as that kind of middling smash play at the quarterback position. Yeah, I just talked about uh, mine. Uh, I like... I like Kansas City to to get up in this game, and I like Jacoby Brissett just from a volume standpoint to to be playing from behind. I've seen enough out of him to to feel comfortable with him as a volume player. Um, I think you can see him put up two two touchdowns. I, I like him as a quarterback one this week, albeit at the bottom end of the quarterback one spectrum. But I think he's a guy that if he's bouncing around out there on your waiver wire, he's going to be my top streaming option this week um, as far as the quarterbacks that you kind of continue to see free and available in your, your free agent and waiver wire pool. So he's going to be my smash player that I expect to outperform his his ranking for the week. I like David Montgomery a lot this week at the running back position. That's going to be my smash play. I think this is a game where the Bears are going to they're going to get out. They're going to win. Uh, Derek Carr is questionable. He's going to play, but he's not healthy. And I just I like the Bears to win, and I like this to be David Montgomery's week. I like them to give him a lot of work in a game where I can see them running the ball a lot. I think when they need to run the ball a lot, 
Tariq Cohen's really not involved. We see him more as a wide receiver who gets minimal carries at best. So I like uh, David Montgomery to be a breakout this week. I like I like people to sit him, and he's going to break out, and then he's going to move into this position where we're ta- talking about starting him every week. So we've seen the usage trend up. We've seen him get more adjusted in that offense. So I like David Montgomery to be my smash player running back position. Uh, Scott, who you got? Look, for me, it's going to be strictly a gut call. Um, I'm going Tony Michelle against the Redskins. Uh, game script, uh, I don't see any way for the Redskins to to get up in this game. Uh, they don't even have a, a plan at quarterback, which is what came out of the coach's mouth. Um, he, he doesn't even know what's going to go on. So I can't imagine what's going on from a game plan standpoint up there in Washington right now. So I just think it's a good spot. Even though Sony Michelle has done nothing but disappoint thus far this season, you start looking at him, and I, I think he's ranked, uh, you know, over at Fantasy Pros, uh, expert rankings uh, have him as the running back 24 on the week. I, I like him to get into the end zone this week, not once, but possibly twice. Um, I just think it's going to be a get-right game for for Sony Michelle against a poor Redskins defense. Will Fuller for me at the wide receiver position. Um, I just I feel it. I, he's getting open. Watson's missing him. Fuller was inches away from a seven-yard touchdown last week. I like Will Fuller. I think it's going to happen soon. I think it's happening this week. I think this is the right week for it to happen. I see the possibility of a blowout of a blowout type game where both offenses are kind of just putting up points. So. I like Will Fuller this week. I think Calvin Ridley could have that bounce back this week. So I really like a lot of uh, a lot of fireworks uh, offensively in that game. So Will Fuller is going to be my uh, my smash play wide receiver. Who you got at wide receiver, Scott? I like it. You know, I like I like the Will Fuller look. If Will Fuller is out there, or if you can make a trade for him, I think you go ahead and do that. Try to target Will Fuller. He he's definitely a buy low guy. It, it's just a matter of time. It's coming. I think this week is a as good a week as any. But uh, I'm actually going to go with Alshon Jeffrey. Um, he, he's not necessarily a guy that ranks you know too low down there. I think they that he's around wide receiver 22 here on the week. But I like him as a smash play against this Jets team that has given up more points to opposing wide receiver ones than any other team thus far this year. Um, I, I just think, look, we, we talked about it, and you thought it was a little bit high, but I have Carson Wentz as my, my QB4 on the week. So with all of those things, my I'm going to have a little bit of – a little bit of symbionts there between my quarterback rankings and my wide receiver rankings, and I'm going to have Alshon Jeffries as my smash play at wide receiver. I'm going Jack Doyle at tight end. Um, I think it's a big week for Jack Doyle. I think, like you mentioned, Jacoby Brissett chasing points, and I think Jack Doyle could be the beneficiary of that. Um, I just, I mean, look, when you're looking at tight ends, if you don't, if you don't have some Will Disley, you don't have Tyler Eifert, uh, guys like that, I, I like Jack Doyle a lot. I think he could be kind of that plug-and-play this week who – can really uh, score you a lot of points and um, really get a lot of work because if they're not running the ball, I really think he's going to be on the field. Uh, who you got at tight end, Scott? I talked about him earlier, but it's going to be Jared Cook. Um, outside of Arizona, Tampa Bay has been absolutely the worst team against uh, tight end. So I, I think Jared Cook, while you're talking about dropping him, do not drop him. Play him this week as a uh, sleeper there at the tight end position. I think you will you'll get a good return on your investment this week against the Tampa Bay team that does not defend tight end well. Anybody else that we did not mention who people should keep an eye on or possibly uh, look for a breakout week? Whew. Yeah. 
not anybody that I have really off the the top of my head. Um, I, I kind of hit on him a little bit earlier, but Tyler Boyd's been disappointing thus far. So I, I think he's kind of due um, based upon the volume that he's getting and, and, and whatnot. And you see the injury to, to John Ross and a matchup against Arizona. So if I had to kind of point towards anybody, it's probably going to be Tyler Boyd. Well, Scott, that's probably going to do it. Um, what are you looking uh, for this week in terms of um, players who just haven't been doing it? Like, I, I know that, you know, it, it's easy to say from an outsider's perspective or, you know, kind of just a casual fancy player is you see Calvin Ridley, you know, not putting up and you kind of maybe think, oh, he's just, you know, he's not doing good. I might drop him. Or, you know, Will Fuller has been dropped in a few leagues. Is there anything you're looking for this week? Are there any guys you're really looking at this week to where, you know, it it might be put up or shut up? Look, for me, I think every year we kind of talk about throughout the first four weeks that, that, oh, this is a weird year because you have some players that you didn't expect to break out and you have some guys kind of underperforming. But as the year goes on and as you get more data and and you just get more games to go ahead and, and put in your subset, I, I think things start to, to normalize a bit more. So if you're one of the guys out there that has DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham, those type of guys, look, fear not. I think those guys are, are going to continue to normalize. I expect Julio Jones to be another one this week that, that has a big game. Um, look, if there's one guy that I'm, I'm really concerned about that, that has to either put up or shut up, it's going to be Juju Smith-Schuster. I know we, we touted him a lot. So there, there's a lot of things that change. Look, you know, Antonio Brown was gone. You had Big Ben get hurt and, and just some other things within the offense that's really adding towards, uh, you know, Juju underperforming. But, you know, if he doesn't get right in the next two weeks, you're seriously going to be in trouble with Juju. And you can count me in in that number because I have a lot of Juju. Um, I think you, he's a hold in Dynasty. I don't think you go ahead and, 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 and really, you know, get – actively try to get rid of him maybe if you are a dynasty player and and you know the the dynasty owner of juju smith schuster is really down on him you can kind of see if you can maybe get him as a buy low this year and expect more things uh, in the coming years from a dynasty perspective but as far as season long goes if juju doesn't get right in the next game or two i'm scared to death for more advice like that scott where can the people find you on twitter yeah, you can hit me up at Scott Smith FF on Twitter or ask us any questions that you have, start, sit, or otherwise at Four Downs Pod on Twitter. And look, if we screw up and we don't get it right, tell us we why we didn't get it right. You know, if you don't agree, tell us why. If we're doing a good job, tell us why. You know, listen to the pod on any of the uh, the major podcast suppliers, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Leave us a review. Let us know if you like it, if you don't, or any things that we can change. Everything he said. I'm Andrew. WXXV on Twitter. Set those lineups. Good luck in your week five endeavors. And please feel free to ask us for advice. I cannot reiterate that uh, that enough. We got some DMs last week. It was awesome. So just feel free to send us DMs to our personal Twitters or our our Four Downs Twitter or or whatever you you can do. But we will try to help you out. So good good luck in week five. Tired of living day to day like everything's alright. Waiting on that moment. Waiting on my moment. Old dude met mom, it was on. Then he named me over a phone. Prison term, live and learn, sip and serve with my vision blurred. Take this cup of reality, niggas finna earn.
When you start from the bottom, you can see the top So when you get to it, don't let them see the spot Next thing you know, you're looking for a rent sign Upper echelon Bitch, we skip line I remember reminiscing in the kitchen like I wonder when them braids gon' win it I wonder when them falcons gon' get here Pirates vision made more than I ever made with DTP this year oh. Tired of living day to day like everything's alright Every night just one thing on my mind I'm just waiting on that moment Waiting on my moment You say how you got that all shit Hell no, next time that's mine As long as I stay hustling, I'm gon' shine Just waiting on that Niggas, RuPaul, real nigga in my hood who everybody gon' roof for. They see me come from that bottom where everybody get body. They told me get him, I got him. Now I'm here, nigga, like yeah, nigga, just Rolls Royce and Bugattis. And M4s this year, nigga. If I don't grind, I don't shine. If I don't shine, then I don't eat. If I don't eat, then I'ma starve. And if I'ma starve, I pour heat on all y'all bitch ass niggas, all y'all rich ass niggas. So if I don't make no money, nigga, I'm gon' take your money, nigga. I'm gonna shine